1: Welcome, Iron Radio listeners. This is IronRadio.org. I'm Robert Fortress Fortney, a former editor at MuscleMag International, former competitive bodybuilder, and uh, strength trainer, powerlifter.
2: This is Phil Stevens. I'm a strength athlete, in Highland Games and powerlifting, and founder of LiftForHope.org and StrengthGuilt.com. Um, with us today, we got Jim Wendler. Jim, thanks for joining us. I
3: appreciate it, Phil. Thank you very much for having me, and Rob, thank you for having me too. Oh, uh, this is when I was supposed to introduce myself.
2: Yeah, man, this is all about you now. <laughs> <laughs> I, got I mean, I think exactly. You know, I told Jim to just come on and say how awesome he was, but I think everybody kind of knows Jim. You, you, from from your days at Arizona State, on through powerlifting and whatnot. I don't know. You want to give people just a brief rundown? Yeah. Well,
3: first of
2: all, I went to Arizona, not Arizona State. That's a huge. Oh, oh sorry um, about that. Yeah,
3: that's uh, those are our rivals. But yeah, I played uh, football at the University of Arizona, and then. Uh, after uh mewing around doing some bullshit stuff I ended up working uh, at the University of Kentucky and then back uh got hired at D F S and I was there for about like ten years. Basically uh when we first had our our warehouse in a you know tiny little space now there's uh by the left there's probably about Twenty thousand, thirty thousand square feet of warehouse space. If you can imagine the difference uh, between when I got there and when we started. I know I was. I'm not saying I did all that. I'm just saying I was part of uh, ESS, the, the big growth there. And uh, but right now I'm just doing a ton of writing, um, doing radio shows. You know, waking my ass up at two two p.m. Thanks a lot, Phil. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and honestly, like I got. Uh, <clears throat> Phil knows this very, very well. I just went through a brutal divorce that just got done, which is a huge thing for me. Uh, I got all that shit taken care of, which has been about four years of struggling. And, um, yeah, it's just been, uh, so right now, I actually, that was over about uh, three weeks ago, two weeks ago. So it's just been, I've been on autopilot a little bit. And, and uh, so basically, I'm just running a ton, and uh, I've got some articles coming out, um, this is basically, I'm not going to lie to you, Phil. It's my dream life. This is what I've wanted since I've been a kid. I've always wanted to write and work from home, so I got what I wish for. So sometimes, you know, you got to be careful. It's a little scary, but, uh, yeah. it's a good time. So that's it. You,
2: you know, you got the five three one one That exploded. Um, you're writing some more on that. Are you doing any more of those seminars? I went to one of them in Pleasanton.
3: Yeah, I, I may have, you know, obviously we had, we have something lined up, you and I, Phil. Yeah. um the I'm to I'm kind of cherry picking those from now on uh, the reason being is, is I have a, a you know I have a family um, and it seems it, it takes a ton of time away I also travel to see my son uh, a, a lot and it you, know, you do that uh, every other weekend and then another little boy on the way it, it's you know you got to be there for them and you know, it's just it's not as exciting as it used to be, I guess, and I feel I like I could reach more people with doing this stuff, doing Q uh, and A's. I'm not saying I'm never going to do them again at all. I enjoy doing them. It's just, yeah, you know, I kind of. I've traveled more miles to Texas than I care to remember in you know, the last four years, just just being a dad. So I kind of have to be a little, you know. Plus, I'm a, you know, if I do ever free week free weekend, uh, I'd rather just, you
2: know, spend time with my kids. So, there you go. Training wise, what are you doing now? I mean, you got anything coming on?
3: Well, I got a... You know, all these years of football I finally kind of caught up with me. And uh, so my shoulder's a little sucked up. Excuse my language. And uh, now that you know, all the shit that uh, has, has since passed, I can get this fixed. But even with that, I, mean, I have a torn labrum, torn rotator, and I have to shave off part of the bone. But I'm not really. I can still lift. It's, you know, I wasn't able to press for a while, but. Um, I can do some stuff. I just, I just suck at everything, basically. And uh, but I still squat. I still pull. I can still clean. Actually, uh, I mean, it, it kills you. Squatting kills it too. Um, so I've been just training the shit like uh, that and doing a ton of prowler work. In fact, the hill that I run just got uh, we just got banned from running the hill. So uh.
1: we're gonna.
3: Yeah, I don't know. I just like to be in shape to be you know, to be honest and still be yeah. semi-strong. That's uh, kind of what I love to do. Um as far as competing again, I don't know. I really don't care. I have to <clears throat> kind of see if I really want to do that again. And the fact that I'm even answering that, you know, asking that question tells you I'm not, my heart's not right into it right now. It doesn't mean I don't yeah. love training. It's just, you have to be willing to give it all. At least in my opinion. It's just not something you, you kind of fuck around with.
2: Yeah. yeah. Define
3: awesome. <laughs> uh, define awesome. <laughs> Dude, this I'll give you a good example I remember when I was at a, a seminar one time and someone asked me about you know like a, the rowing machine or something and I kind of like scrunched my eyes you know like what the fuck you know do I do this and I'm like I came up with the conclusion that if my mom can do it then I'm not gonna do it
1: okay <laughs>
3: and that's pretty much how I, you know it's like ah oh, you know I like to do a stationary bike I'm like fuck that man my, to be honest my mom actually trains her ass off and she's like I don't know how old my mom is, maybe 340, 341. And, uh, so, and I'm not trying to insult my mom in any way because she probably kicked my ass, but that's kind of how I define that stuff. It's like, you know, the normal people do it and say no, and it's like, man, eh, fuck that. You know, then if they can do it, I don't want it. and I mean, I'm not trying to be like a be a dick about it. Cause it's, so you know me very well, and anyone out there who's listening knows me very well. I'm, I'm, most of shit's still so tongue-in-cheek and sarcastic. But there's, there's something to be learned with all that. You know, I don't want to be the dude driving the fucking minivan. You know, I don't want to be the guy who's got to wear the suit and tie and, and you know pucker up his ass whenever some dude talks to him. Uh, it's just stuff like that. And I'm not, you know, the manliest dude in the world, but you know, we got to kind of take that shit back. You know, <laughs> you know like, so that's, that, that goes far and beyond, you know, weight training. But that's a huge belief of mine. Yeah. You know, I just see a lot of, a lot of dudes just being emasculated. And it's just, you know, either by choice, you know, they don't, they don't want to be, you know, a dude or it's just society's way of, I mean, think about this, dude. Our the essence of us, testosterone, is a fucking felony. <laughs> you know, yeah,
1: that. that's a good way of putting it.
3: <laughs> yeah, you know, it is. It's a felony to be a, to, to be excess man in this world. And, uh, <laughs> so now all the uh. drug free retards are going to be coming out now. And, swinging punches, although with not much heft behind them, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not making any friends here, am I? I just no, it's all off, good, you know? it's all good,
1: that's, uh... <laughs> that's all right, it, man. It,
3: like, for example, would you ride a badger, would you ride a chopper? Everyone rides it, you know, and the thing is, is when we go riding, everyone comes up and says, oh, that's great, man, look at that chopper, it's fucking handmade, it's awesome, oh, it's, you know, you guys both got uh, foot clutches, that's great, but no one's willing to fucking do it, they'd rather just ride in couplets. I'd rather ride with a little bit of pain, you know. So that's a
2: that's a. So how many tattoos have you got? Like Six thousand. Me? Yeah. Oh, man, I'm actually tattooless. My wife's covered from head what? to toe. I let her take all that. Yeah, I don't okay. I don't have any.
3: Oh, dude, you sold me out on that one. All right, I
2: thought uh, I thought for sure you had your penis tattooed. No.
1: <laughs>
2: I stuck to the piercings, man. I got holes all over. The place, oh, okay. So. All right.
3: Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Phil's got, got Tennessee tattooed
1: on his dick in, like, 18 times. <laughs> Mississippi. <laughs> uh. Well, no, I always, uh, you know, it's funny you bring up this thing. I like the way you said it too, are the essence of what is a man is is a felony. I, I haven't, you know, heard it or s- spoken it in that way, but I, I'm constantly talking at the gym about how, you know, contemporary, you know, Society is you know as you say emasculates men and wants us to be you know soft little dull boys and you know it, it, and, and the domain of the real man is being is being ostracized you know and you have to re, you have to reclaim it in some way and I'm always saying you know if' you're, if you really are a man you have to find something whether it be you know something where you can express yourself in that way otherwise you just uh, you lose it and you become just another pathetic metrosexual.
3: Yeah, well, the thing, the part of it is, is it it goes beyond just being a dude. It's just, uh, in society, you know, look around sometimes, and we're all very passionate about one or two things outside of, you know, being married or having kids or whatever the hell else your job, you know. it's And the passion uh, in life has been just stripped away. It's just like they have, other than work and their family, they have nothing. And, you know, it could be anything. I don't care if it's fucking scrapbooking. You know, just be awesome and passionate about what you love. And I see that being taken. It's just like, everyone said, oh, I have no time. It's like, fuck, dude, you got plenty of time. You just yeah. squander the way. And, uh, yeah. like I always, you know, tell my girlfriend, I said, you know, I'm not very good at a lot of stuff at all. I'm just good at, like, you know, I have, like, a brain that only remembers lifting stuff and heavy metal. That's it. But at least I, you know, it was my passion. I could play music and I yeah. love you know, I love you know, lifting. And that's just, that's, that's gender wide. It's just, there's nothing, uh, it just seems like everyone's very content on not doing a lot of stuff. Now that doesn't go, I'm, that's a huge broad stroke I'm painting right there. But, uh, you know, just look at your neighbors sometime and see what they're doing. You know, do they just, or go to like a, a picnic and ask people what they do. You know, it's funny, I, when people ask me what I do for a living, I tell them I play music and fucking lift weights. You know? And they're like, really? I'm like, well, there's a difference between what I make, you know, what I do for money and what I do for a living. Yeah.
1: Right, and, right. Uh, Well, that's a fundamental difference. Yeah, there's a big difference, and 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 that's completely lost today because, of course, the standard thinking is, you know, yeah, what do you do? It's automatically, well, what do you do for money? And I'm absolutely, I, I am exactly the same as you, is in, you know, how I I look at things. It's like, yeah, well, what do I do to sustain, you know, a reasonable lifestyle, or what do I do, do, you know, the thing that keeps me passionate, that you know, makes me get up every day because. I'll tell you right now, the thing that got me up every day was, you know, to go work in some warehouse somewhere. I, I you know, I'd off myself a long time ago. And, I, by the way, I'm not ripping on anybody who goes and works in a warehouse. That's not what I'm saying. There's nothing wrong with that at all. I'm just saying if I did work, work in a warehouse, that would be just, you know, the aspect that just made me money to be able to, yes. you know, like you, um, you know, buy CDs, go to the gym. And, like you, I'm a big metal metal yeah. guy, so, you
2: know. Well, I think it's you know it's resounding across the board. I mean, life for a lot of people just lacks passion now. I don't know if it's they don't have the balls to just commit to something. Um,
3: well, you know what? It's in, 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 in the, I, I read one time uh, there was a uh, a band from I can't remember who it was from Sweden, and, and they ended up making a shitload of albums and not really really doing much. And they asked someone asked an American guy asked uh, why they do it. In fact, like, in Sweden, it's not a big deal. Keep on trying and failing in America, you can't do that. Yeah, you you try once, you fail. It's like you're labeled as a failure your whole life, and uh, you know, just it's just like the the most interesting thing I always laugh about is when people uh, like rip on one hit wonders. You know, uh, I just it's like, dude, how many hits have you fucking had? I'll take a one hit. You know, that means at least (laughs) at one point in my life I I did something. You know, you're not going to be remembered for anything. And, uh, and, yeah, they may have, you know, done something great and then, you know, shit the bed the rest of the time, but at least they tried, you know. And I think that's that's part of it, too. Are you, I don't know exactly why, but I think people are scared to death of failing. They're scared to death of, of looking different. Like, I'm not saying looking different, like, physically, but, you know, you go outside and, you know, the neighbors are all checking you out when you're, you know, doing a deadlift in your garage or pushing a prowler or, you know, uh Driving an obnoxious car that you've always wanted. I don't know. And, uh, people are afraid to be different. And there's, there's comfort. Obviously, we all do it. All of us even look the same that, you know, want to look different, right? There's, there's, there's a, uh, there's, there's a great feeling of comfort in, in, uh, in being part of the group. At the same time, it's not always a bad thing to, to stand out. So.
2: Yeah, I, guess I, I guess mean, yeah. You know, you
3: but you know, some some people just aren't born with that gene either. They, you know, they don't want to be. At the same time, you can go be passionate about something in your fucking basement and just don't have to film all of it.
2: You know, I'm putting on about, YouTube. Yeah, I'm talking about 15. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, and I think I think it totally bleeds into training. I mean, you see it a lot. A lot of the big phenomenons now are what I like. You know, you spoke at a CrossFit and stuff like that, and it's you know that mentality's fine. And and I, I trained that way a lot, and I mean hell, it, in large part you kind of train that way now to just be to be solid at a lot of things.
3: Um, yeah, I mean you're always the, the trick though is this is uh, if you're solid at a lot of things, you suck at everything. Yeah, and you know at some point you're gonna have to make a commitment if you want to be if you want to compete in, in something. I'm gonna tell you right now, training's not worth a shit unless you're competing, and. You know, it's hard for me to say that sometimes because I have trained the last you know, year without being able to compete. But I tell you what, you want to light a fire on your ass? You go compete for something. And you light a fire on your ass, all of a sudden you learn how to program, I and mean, all the, the things that you need to know about training come into focus when you're going to go, you know, put your dick up on the platform, and get your ass beat in the ring, uh, or anything like that. And that's that's what I tell people. I mean, if you want to learn about training, fucking
2: compete. That's. I mean, that's a, a. Just gonna say it was a big thing that we talked about. Rob brought this up last a couple of weeks ago. You know, that what Benedict hit hit that thousand fifteen deadlift, and you know what the first comments Rob heard was, "Well, damn, how much does that guy weigh?" And it's like, yeah. who, who gives a fuck? You know, he, he picked fifteen, up a thousand fifteen pounds. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. You know, um, well, no, actually, the, the comments were were much more um, infuriating. Like. Wow, that guy's fat. Jesus, yeah. I bet that guy can't run a marathon. Yeah,
3: like, thank God. You know, it's, <laughs> you know, it's, and I I heard when you know how much do he squat? It's like Jesus Christ, give the dude some love. Yeah, you know, who yeah. cares if he squat? It's like when I remember when uh, the uh, Jesus, what's that dude's name? Uh, Constantine. There is yeah. a video of him squatting like seven. 15 or 725 in a meter or something like, I don't know. And people are like, God, that sucks compared to the deadlift. And I'm like, dude, this, at what point, this is how skewed lifting is now with equipment, is, you know, what point does a dude, you know, benching 550 with a close grip, uh, pulling 950 without a belt, and squatting 720 without gear, is that when, that when did that, you know, become shit?
2: Yeah.
3: You know, I can't believe people are such, like, you know, but the lifting community as a whole is a very good community. It's just it's a, yeah. a large voice, a, a loud voice is so. You know, the, the bottom line is they don't, they hate themselves, and they don't want to make themselves feel better. They have to, to, you know, put people down, and that's nothing new. But I can't believe it. Just sucks that they have such a loud voice, and it's always squeaky. It's fucking yeah. awful. They're all, you know what they are? They're all bald
2: enforcement. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely, I mean...
3: Yeah, you have to, if you, you know, you gotta have a, you have to do something to have a fucking opinion. You know, I'm not saying you have to be a world record holder, but fucking, you know, you gotta have some balls behind what you're saying, and if, you know, if you're hiding behind a keyboard all that time, it's just, it's really embarrassing. It's not a like 15 deadlift. To give the guy, even if he's a fucking dick, you know, give him some, uh, you know,
2: so... Exactly. No, I mean, no. Like you're saying, I think that the, the bad thing is, is the people that are talking a lot us are the ones that need to shut up. You know, and the people yeah. not talking enough are the ones that should be having a voice. But,
3: uh. yeah, it's, you know, it's like they say the people who should win an election are the people who don't want to win. They're willing to take the you know, unpopular side, which is usually the yeah. right side. So. well. So, uh, All right, well.
2: Man, the, well, the fuck out of me today. <laughs> All right, well. We'll uh, we'll take a little break, and
1: then we'll move on to the topic of the day. This is Rob Fortress Fortney, I'm here to let listeners know about the upcoming Strength Workshop, co-hosted by Iron Radio in Las Vegas, Nevada, this coming June. Stay tuned for details. Simply listen to www.ironradio.org, also on iTunes, and check out the site as well. Hope to see you in Vegas, where some of the industry's smartest and strongest guys will be waiting to talk shop with you. All
2: right, we're back, everybody. We got Jim Wendler again, and we're going to hit the topic of the day. Um, something that you talked about a lot at the seminar I was at, um, you know, training as little as you can for the maximum benefit or, or something along those lines. You want to talk about that a bit? Yeah, well, there's an old, uh, you know, Jesus, there's like a bull master looking
3: at me right now. Jesus Christ! Okay, I'm outside right now. Um, there's there's an old saying that's you know you don't want to train maximally you want to train optimally. And the guy who taught me that was Louis Simmons, and he had a great his uh, how he learned that was when uh, Rob Fuzman was training. And Rob, I don't know if you guys I don't remember Rob at all, but he was probably uh, the one of the most natural if not the most naturally strong and just insanely. I mean everything was good on this guy. His squat, his benches dead up just always put together he would train he trained train kind of hard but he wouldn't kill himself and Lou would always try to you know stick, uh, stay up with him and do what he did and while Rob was going through the sex very easily and the, you know the weights and stuff uh, Lou was having to struggle so when it came down to me time Rob had a great meet because he was fresh and fast and, and Lou didn't and he you know he was <clears throat> telling me the story and that's the same thing with training now it's you know there's a very myopic I call it a very myopic way of training in America. And myopics, I mean, they only train for the day. And they don't train for the week. They don't train for the month. They don't train for the, you know, half a year or a year. It's only about the training day. So <clears throat> a lot of times people just beat the shit out of themselves. On Monday, Let's say they deadlift and do a whole bunch of other stuff. Well, come the next training day, even if it's not the body day, they're completely trashed. They're you know, too sore to do anything, especially if you're an athlete. You know, you got to run. you got to do all this other stuff. It just doesn't work like that. The problem is, of course, you have this mentality that you know, no pain, no gain, and all that other bullshit. Um, you know, you know, you have the pictures of the guys in, in the muscle magazines, you know, looking like they had taking a huge shit. Uh, and they're doing a leg extension or something. And I'm not saying you don't have to train hard because you need to push what is what needs to be pushed and train hard. But you also need to beat yourself up one day so now you can't train the rest of the time. And a lot of that, <clears throat> I think people just think volume is the answer to everything. When you, you, know, you have to have the right mixture of everything depending on where you are in the training. So that's, that's the long answer. You know, the, actual, the, the easiest way to do this, and I found this out, is you know, I don't care how many days a week you train, but if you really want to learn about training and learn how to program and learn how to pick correct exercises, do no more than three exercises in a workout, this doesn't have to last your whole life. what happens is you start picking and choosing the things you need to do. That's a great learning tool. It it taught me more than I'll ever know about training when I came up with that. And you start realizing what's important in training.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I totally agree. Well, I mean, what you're saying is, you know, from all the stuff that you know to kind of distill it down after you know yourself to kind of figure out what is the most pragmatic in your routine is what you're saying? Yes, yes. Yeah, well, Absolutely. I find that the more, you know, it, the, the, sorry, I was going to say, the longer I train, the more experience I have, the more I, you know, just um, it, it's it's remarkable to me after so many years that I still find things that I'm, you know, jettisoning from my my training, and I I don't ever do them again. It's uh, it becomes more and more basic, um, well, you know, the more and more funny, I when, train.
3: Yeah, when you when you're a beginner, you don't really need much. When you're intermediate, you start throwing things in there and stuff like that and, and trying different stuff and by the end you become more advanced you end up exactly what you did you end up throwing shit away so you, you come full circle um, the interesting thing is I always I wish people would have you know nothing more than squat stands and a platform and all of a sudden when you limit what you can do you start becoming very very smart with your training and you actually end up probably being bigger and stronger if you, you did the squat and pull and press and yeah. uh, you know stuff like that and what it, yeah, you go into a regular gym and there's a million options. All of a sudden, you, know, you don't know what the fuck to do. You know, you see what I'm saying? Because you, there's oh, yeah. so many choices and you get overrun. Now, if you just had a fucking barbell and a squat stand and, and a platform, Jesus, you're like, well, I'm squatting and pulling like, Fuck it.
1: Well, ninety-eight percent of you know all equipment that you could find in you know what 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 would be a typical commercial gym is completely, you know, um, you don't need it.
3: No, no. I, I, you know, ironically, the one thing that you need, you do need a power rack or something that looks you know very similar to it is the, the thing that's getting phased out the most. But, yeah, that's, you know the you know, the thing is though too. I think most people who I know who love to train either have a, their own fucking facility in their place or they belong to a you know a, a gym somewhere which you know doesn't make any money and, and has a model and all of those stuff on there. So. While it sucks to have to train in a commercial gym, most people that I know, you know, don't have that, you know, that option. Or they're willing to, to drop, you know, five or six or seven thousand dollars. But whatever, that's private. You know, neither here nor there right
2: yeah. now. So. So. No, and I, th- I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I think I, maybe one of the biggest problems people have is, like you said, it's, it's a very myopic uh, view of training. It's, uh, it's all about how it feels, not about what it accomplishes. Yes. No. As, as long as they they knock their own dick in the dirt, they think that they accomplished something. It's you know, I know Charles yeah. Staley wrote on this a lot, but uh,
3: yeah, I mean that's I mean, that's that's been a sentence of training for for a long time, but uh, especially like you know with the, doing these circuits and stuff, beating the shit out of each other. It's like <clears throat> if you don't know where you're going, if you don't have an ultimate goal, that's why I think competing is such a good thing. If your goal isn't you know, let's say you have a big uh, MMA fight or something, or if you're going to go compete in a in a strongman thing, that gives you a timeline and it gives you a goal to do. If you're going to be a you know or whatever or bodybuilder, it doesn't matter. Just go do something. I think once you do that, then you, you learn how to plan, you know, aka periodize your training, and then it becomes important. The thing is, is if you're not training for anything, it's just it's hard. I mean, I'm sure I'm going to hate me all about this too. You know, oh I don't have to compete to love it. It's like I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it. Totally puts a whole new perspective there on your training, and all of a sudden you don't, you can't fucking you just show yourself one day a week and then not do anything. It just doesn't work as well.
2: So, uh, not to mention the fact, I guarantee, if people signed up for a, a power meet, they, they'd probably be pulling and pressing and squatting a lot more often. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, I mean that's one of the big things. I've had a ton of people come to me and they, they bring that workout and they here this is leg day and there's 16 exercises. Yeah. And it's like. Well, here, how about you do this? It's you know, take that first exercise, that squat, and just do that for two hours, and come back and tell me what what part you missed, yeah. what what part, part isn't sore, um, and it, it doesn't happen. You know, I mean, people just don't get that. And um, you want to mention? I, I forget the name you talked about, but you know, working with percentages and not having to work up in that you know, hundred percent all the time. Uh, you had mentioned somebody that was kind of an off-the-wall, but it worked at like 50% and ended up going in and hitting a, a, a PR. Oh, that was uh,
3: my friend... Uh, was this at the seminar that talked about? Yeah,
2: seminar? yeah.
3: Yeah, well, he was there. It was my friend Matt, Matt Rhodes, who's actually on the EFS Q&A, too. He, uh, he was all beat up for a long time. He actually has a condition called Marfan's disease, which we make fun of him all the time, but it's really nothing to make fun of. It's just kind of how we are. But uh, and he, his connective tissue gets real brittle and stuff like that, and he just... His hips were killing him. And what he ended up doing, he just ended up training very, very light. He used the 5-2-1 program and then trained very light. And every once in a while would come up and hit a kind of a heavier single on some of the days. But the point was, was he was able to, You know, I think he, and I shit you not, I have to ask him exactly, I don't think he squatted over 350 and ended up squatting a very easy 600. This is a raw meat. Uh, now this doesn't apply to everyone, obviously. But it just shows you Uh, I mean, we've all, you you, you don't have to operate at a maximal level all the time. Now, his is an extreme example. But I'll tell you right now, my best bench uh, was done, I didn't think I operated much heavier than 350, my best bench. When I did that was 455. At the time, that was my best, you know, it was a close grip, about about 240 pounds. And uh, that's on YouTube, by the way, so it did happen. (laughs) <laughs> so I guess what I'm trying to say is, when you get more and more advanced, and ironically, it actually works very well for uh, with uh, beginner lifters too. Is you know, training submaximally is the easiest way and safest way um, to get stronger.
2: So, and it's a hard I mean, point to get across, but
3: yeah. And the thing is, is you know, I hate this not. I don't know what else I can do. I wrote a book about it. I preached about it. I mean, at some point, you got to let people figure it out themselves. And some people, they don't always do it. They always, you know, of course, they always, you know, look at the Bulgarians. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if you're familiar with how they you know, they max out a million times a day. Uh, but people also need to realize that, you know, that's a very small group of people. And, uh, there's also other reasons why Ivan did that, too, that people seem to forget. So, if you don't know what that is, go read. Yeah. Figure
2: so. Well, um, you know, not to mention the fact that we all don't have the luxury that training is our life.
3: Yeah.
2: That's all yeah. they had to do.
3: <laughs> are we, are we
2: going to we, we piss off people about diet now, too? I'm just joking. Yeah, we can do that. Let's talk. You, you always tell me how much you love nutrition.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's get into that. Um, I just, uh, the, the thing
3: is, it's like I just, I get a big kick out of uh, people putting, you know, I'm not saying nutrition is not important, but. I've seen a, you know, a friend of mine once told me, you know, you can never out-eat your nutrition. He heard this from someone, or, you know, out train your nutrition, and I was like, well, who told you this, you know? And he told me, I was like, dude, that guy's never been around anyone who's been good, because I've seen it probably, I'm not even joking, probably about eight or nine hundred times, you know, just hang around anyone who plays football. Everyone (laughs) is fucking McDonald's all day, you know, and it's like, no one, like, takes a vitamin, you know, no one... And uh, I'm not saying this is uh, you know you can just eat like shit all the time because most people can't. I also think that the way society is today, if you start fat, you'll always be fat. You know, I've always been lean, even so when I got up and, and started powerlifting and did you know, got up to 280 with a fat piece of shit. When I wanted to lose weight, it was easy. I just you know, I'm lean right now. I literally uh, I just, just slam down a Twix and uh, eat a lot of Mike and Ike's. And pizza, and I'm probably still about 11% body fat right now. I don't really need to do it, but there's also, you know, 20 years of training behind that
2: too. What, but Jim, what did but, that do to your insulin level?
3: Yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny is, when you take someone who's got, you know, who's a diabetic, uh, who just hasn't walked, you know, if, they're, if they're really, uh, and, and they, you can clean up the diet too, but just the simple act of the exercising does a remarkable job for people's blood sugars. But whatever, that's, I know you're making a joke there, but it's just, I always, you know, there is something to be said about diet, but I think people overanalyze it way too much. And it's just like, it's like what did you say? It's not a diet, it's all fucking eating. Yeah. And the, uh, the problem about, there's some, the high, high school's just let out, so all the kids are driving their fucking cars and being assholes. Uh, good for them, though. And kind of feel good, but they still kids out there doing it. Uh, the uh, I guess the interesting thing about the diet is, you know, a diet in itself is, is not a lifestyle change, and it will yeah. never make a positive impact with someone. It's going to give them short-term results. You know, just learn how to eat, and you'll be fine. I'm just I'm not a uh, Rob. You said you bodybuilding and stuff. Rob, oh, Rob, did you? Uh, yeah,
1: about. no, I'm no, I'm sorry, I'm yeah. sorry. Yes. Okay.
3: I, did, did you Did you compete in bodybuilding? I did. Yes. Yes. So I mean, obviously, when you're doing something like that. What you eat is very, very important. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the problem is, is for the most part, uh, as long as it's a very basic lifestyle food thing, um, I don't think it's, it's that big of a deal that, you know, you only eat fucking brown rice or something like that, or
1: you only eat
3: paleo diet.
1: Yeah. So, no, I... i tell I've... you
3: right now, there, there's no one, and Rob, you were probably in this post, there's no one more fucking annoying to go out to dinner with or hang out with than someone who's on a fucking diet that's all they talk about. Oh, yeah. You just want to shoot yourself in the head. It's the most self-righteous, self-serving people. And I hate, I'm not trying to be a dick to you, I apologize.
1: No? but it's no. like,
3: Jesus, dude. It's like it's like someone who just got born again. so like, shut up, dude. We get it, all right? Jesus is right. You know? Well, I
1: always like the, <laughs> I, um, at one time I remember Dorian Yates once, um, they were responding to, you know, how a lot of professional bodybuilders and top bodybuilders, of course, you know, with their families and so forth. And like what you're saying, right? Go with friends and, you know, yeah. complain about the pre-contest diet and all this kind of thing. And I, I, I remember once him him saying, and I, I thought it was so admirable that he said this, he was like, I don't have any justification for putting my friends or my family um, through anything for what I choose to do with my diet. He's like, you know, I, I make the choice. Nobody makes it for me to do what I do dietary-wise. And he's yeah. like, you know, so because of that, I just you know, make accommodations for myself, and I don't infringe or, you know, put it on anybody else. I don't talk about it. I do it. And I've always had the same kind of mindset, right? I mean, there's really no point in, in, you know, complaining about anything, whether it be training or diet or whatever, right? I mean, it's your choice. Nobody's forcing you to do it. So, you know, if you don't love it, you don't... It's pointless, because I know what you're saying. I mean, back when I always use the the, analogy... Well, I always say that, you know, the difference between, you know, dining with a bunch of top-level bodybuilders and a a bunch of top level, like you know, lifters, power lifters, strongmen, whatever. The difference I've always found is that, and again, I'm kind of being kind of broad in my my you know saying this, yes. but um, by and large, you know, the, the, the top competitive bodybuilders always talk about you know their diet and their drugs and and all that kind of stuff and dialing it in and what i think Whereas it with your if you're with um, strength athletes, um, usually the the talk centers around training, and. Yeah. And, and again coming from both sides I, I certainly find the whole um, ladder um, much more you know interesting much more appealing oh much more yeah. appealing because it's like you know you can only talk about all this other st- stuff so much before you're like you know what <laughs> the bread and the butter is the training so I mean if, if, if that's not what you're totally interested in loving then I think you're kind of missing the boat
3: yeah but I, you know the funny thing is, is the more I go out with people out to dinner the less we talk about training the more talk about I don't know, porn or, you know, whatever, movies. Well, I guess that's the yes. irony. It's, you know, so, but I don't know. I, I just, I, I, you know, it's like I you go to the grocery store and, like, there's a, you know, it's some it's Diet Mountain Dew that's it's gluten-free or something on it. It's like, Jesus Christ, you guys fall for anything, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just fucking, it's, it's just, it's tiresome. Yeah. I get, you know, and... The funny thing is, is you know I lost a ton of weight, and everyone, I get asked this question like a million times: you know, "How did I do it?" I just stopped eating a lot of food. I just ate half, you know. I just, I just ate like you know, I just ate the normal stuff, but I just didn't eat as much. And people like get mad about that, and it's not exotic. Like yeah, I just didn't eat a lot of calories. It's amazing how that something works, you know. Uh, so
2: I don't know. It, it, no, you know, and it's. I think, you know, it's a good point. I mean, the the sad fact is, too, aside from bodybuilders, but that's, you know, that's pre-contest. It's once a year or whatever the hell it is. You know, it's a a small portion of their life. You know, the people that are obsessing the most about nutrition, 90% of the time from what I've seen are the people making the least progress.
3: Well, the other thing, too, it's very important to remember. People that obsess about what they eat are have just just as much of an eating disorder as, you know, anorexia and bulimics. Yeah, and it's something that you know. If you're, if all you think about is what you're going to eat the next meal, you've got a fucking problem. Yeah, you know. And, and it's know, and it, it, and they get they eat and then, but it's a, it's exactly the same as someone with a with a, a more, recognized eating disorder. You know, so
2: I see people. I think it boils yeah, down to. Yeah. It, it boils down to training too. I mean, the like I'm I'm passionate about training. I love competing. You know, you're passionate about training, but it's not my life. You know, there's you know, there's other aspects. I relax, I get in, I bust my ass, I enjoy it, and I get out. Uh, it's You know, you see the people that it's, it is their life. Like, they stress about it, and, and that's, that's all they talk about. It's all they focus on.
3: Yeah, that, that, that comes, So, how old are you? If you don't mind 34, all right, 34. 34. So, you know, that comes with a little bit of perspective, because I guarantee you, you know, 10 years ago or whatever, you probably couldn't say the same thing. I know I couldn't. Yeah, that's um, true. You know, you get a little bit older and you get a little more perspective on life. And you kind of have to go through that phase a little bit, Um, you know, because training is that important. It's funny because, you know, does training define me? I heard people ask that all the time. It's like, yeah, it kind of does because that's what I do. I love it. Of course it defines me in a little bit. That doesn't mean if I have a bad day I'm a shitty person or something like that. But it it does define me just like the music defines me, you you know, and everything else. It's, it's part of who i am i can't just you know exist in the vacuum and say anything i do it doesn't define me as a person but uh, the, the interesting thing is like i'm not like i, I will take a, i'm gonna take two weeks off i'm gonna go me and my friend uh friend will are gonna go on a ride a bikes to the ocean and you know go on to the Death deathside i'm not gonna train for two weeks i'm okay with that like you know um, because i that's part of life man that's something i want to do i can't you know, years ago, I would have had a huge problem taking a week off. You know, now I'm okay with taking two weeks off and beating the shit out of myself in a hard hardtail. So, I guess part—well, I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, love lifting, love training, stuff like that. But don't let you know the other parts of your life get so affected. Because I know it did me too. But I also didn't have a family back then either. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But, hey, what else can we pack, yeah, man? But yeah, I got your uh, I got your package today, by the way.
2: Nice, good. It's let me know. Yeah, package.
3: So chubby, dude. It was much chubbier than I thought.
2: Uh, thanks, thanks. I try, you know. It's that <laughs> they they can do magical things now in Thailand. <laughs> um. uh, well, yeah, what else? Yeah,
3: I, I I don't know. So we, we ripped on those. Is there anything else? Yeah, uh, I don't know.
2: I don't know. Let me see if. Let me see. What about? Um, what do you think about the TRX? Oh, the straps. I guess, man, it's all the rage. So I just pulled that out of my yeah, ass.
3: I, I saw someone. Um, uh, I, I think I was watching the fights. The, I called him John Luke Picard. What's that dude's name? Uh, the Canadian dude who fought. Shit. Oh,
1: John St. Pierre. Yeah, George St. Pierre. Yeah. George,
3: George and John. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think he's sponsored by TRX or some guy that you know. Talk about a guy who just got exposed to being a pussy, though, huh? I feel bad. Oh,
2: yeah. Holy cow! Did you forget how to fight? You know? He's done that a few times, man. Oh, Jesus Christ. You no, know, he won that belt the first time and then got ruled the next
3: fight. Yeah. Like, every time, uh. you know, Sarah beat the shit out of him. He does, he fights like yeah. 10 filthy enough. Just kind of, just enough to win. Yeah,
1: um, yeah no, he's become the most boring fighter out there.
3: Oh, what you just know, think is, is they're going to, some guy's going to go in there and just swing defensively, the fence and he's going to land something. And he's going to, you know, knock the myth out of uh, Jean-Luc Picard, so, oh well. Like what the fuck do I know? Like I've never fought, but you know that doesn't that doesn't uh, keep me from passing judgment. <laughs> Screw
2: it. Oh. All right, man. I don't know. Um, anyway, what else we want to touch on is there anything big coming up? Anything you want to mention? I mean, you've got you've got another kid on the way. You've got yeah. What the hell's up with that shit, right? Yeah. James Bronson is his name. How's that for a name, huh? James Bronson. That's that's yeah. wow. It's, that's some toughness that to yeah. uh, that is that is. it is that's I like old Charles it,
3: process type stuff yeah I'm gonna, he's gonna come out with some of those mustaches you know the old school school style with the little curlies at the end volley finger style so um, I got that I got the. I got two books actually three books that should be done this year um, and uh, a piloting book that, that was on hold because of the divorce I didn't want her to get any more money than she, than she already gets and uh, so that'd be done and uh I Actually, had a book I wrote about a year ago that still hasn't got published, and I have another one it's called the N.O.B. book, which basically sums up everything I could have picked. I, Any any question about training that I think is needs to be answered, or any idea that I have, uh, anything from conditioning work to how to train, how you, how to periodize your uh, assistance work. Um, I have a section called "You Jackal Beware," which is pretty much what we did today just takes a topic that I, I think is a bunch of bullshit and I prove it wrong um, so but it's, a, it's just a culmination of everything I could think of it's kind of the all-encompassing book uh, rather than just having one book on one thing it's just kind of everything thrown in the stew and uh, so and then uh, obviously I got the website Phil actually did that website you gotta get that up and running and getting all that stuff taken care of you know honestly dude I'm just fucking pumped I'm gonna be a dad again so yeah, there
2: you go. For there anybody go who there. doesn't know, yeah, you, you know, you go on with Jim's website. I think so I think the product up right now. I think you're selling celery. I yeah. think is what it is. <laughs> it
3: we, it, it's a got sense. a lot of hits. Yeah, it does make your semen taste better? That's what I heard. So, <laughs> so, so Bill, you know, no, Jim. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we got, and then you know, I'd like to get you know, Phil, well, we can talk about this another time, but so. Phil has done a ton for me already,
2: so I can't thank him enough. And, and uh, No worries, man. No worries. Well, thanks for coming on. I think it was a good show. Um, didn't get many questions aside from just people wanting to know how to be awesome and stuff like that, <laughs> how, how to have a badass beard. How, to, how? Oh, here's one. Having a badass beard and its effect on your squat.
3: Oh, well, see, I call it a beard an urban antler. You know how Rob and I were talking about, you know, people being emasculated. That's like the one thing you can do is grow a fucking beard. Now, you know, 100, 150 years ago, Having a beard was like no, a sense of nobility. Now it's like, you know, a piece of shit, so. Uh, <laughs> you, seriously, think about that, man. It's like, you know, again, then again, you know, dudes wore powdered wigs, too. Uh, I guess they still do in Parliament, so. Um, and that, that basically went out of style. Um, I don't know. If, dude, if you can grow a beard, you got to grow a beard. It's just my, my uh, you know, my uh, my passion is beard grown. I don't know. The fuck do I know? You know the only reason why I grow a beard is because I don't want to shave. <laughs> I don't think I've shaved, and I'm not even joking, probably 10 years. Like, I've trimmed, but I've never, I like, a straight razor hasn't touched my face. So, it's my bald head. This? Yeah, I'm fucking bald. I got a horseshoe, dude. That's oh, awful. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I, I thank God every day for Michael Jordan. He made shaving your head awesome again. You know, if it weren't for Michael Jordan, we'd all be up Shitt's Creek rocking a horseshoe.
2: <laughs> <laughs> capital, though. But then, per capita, like, the strongest people in the world, I think, by far, are bald and hairy. Well, dude, there's a reason for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a fucking
3: coincidence, dude. <laughs> they also probably have shriveled nuts, too, you know? Holy shit. All this stuff. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, liver enzymes out of this world. Cholesterol a little too high. I
2: don't know. Yeah, oh. in the water. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's in the water over there in Bulgaria? <laughs> you know, yeah. So, that'll work. Well, we'll cut it there, man. We'll let you go, get back to your life of a rock star, get out there and write some more articles and write some choppers and stuff. That's
3: right. It's actually not raining. Has, has it been raining balls in Baldwin,
2: uh, Kansas? No, just cold, but the bikes are out, man. Uh, my okay. buddy runs a shop, so everybody's out riding now. Okay. Because
3: it's been, I, I bet you it's rained every day here for three weeks. Unfucking believable. Today's the first day it's not raining. <laughs> So, i right, get out
2: man so i'm gonna go upstairs go and ride a motorcycle there you go that's <laughs> you know, nothing better than that so we'll talk to you next time man. yeah hey, I'll, I'll uh let's uh I'll, I'll call
3: you tomorrow or something we gotta, I gotta that talk worked? about your stuff, So hey rob i appreciate you
2: you having me too man
1: hey man always uh, always a pleasure uh, we lost
2: our pg rating on this show it's great yeah so, yeah
1: finally somebody else who so, finally somebody else who'll throw some profanity out there
2: Lonnie's going
1: to love it. Yeah, he,
2: he's so. – yeah, he's so – <laughs> All right, guys. Talk to you later. Uh, later. All right, man. Take it easy. All right.
0: Bye. Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like what we do, the professors, the scientists, the bodybuilding show promoters, the athletes themselves in powerlifting and bodybuilding um, – please consider making a donation or maybe buying something from the IronRadio.org store. Uh, We also are accepting supporting members. So for $4 a month, which is frankly less than the bank sneaks out of your account in fees, you can step up and support a form of sort of public radio for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. So thank you to those who have done it. Uh, Our mug drive, where we're giving away some thank you mugs, Almost over at this point, we have just a handful left, and uh, those of you who have already supported us with a $4 a month recurring donation, your mugs are on the way. Again, thank you 50 times, and in the future, we'll try other promotions as well. Thanks. And we'd like to also announce that with our 100th episode, we're going to offer that caption contest on our Facebook uh, listeners page. So... Go to Facebook, type in Iron Radio, look at the pictures of Phil and Rob, we're going to have a picture of each of these guys, and caption the photo. It should be fun. So again, go to Facebook, Iron Radio listeners page, and tell us what Rob and Phil are doing, at least in your head. should be fun, and you'll win a prize if we choose you as the funniest caption. Thanks. For the best sports nutrition information on the planet, make plans to attend the 8th Annual ISSN Conference and Expo, June 23rd to 25th, 2011, at the Westin Las Vegas Hotel, Casino, and Spa. We'll have the latest on creatine, beta-alanine, protein, nutrient timing, and much, much more. So, for more information, go to www.issn.org.